and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, i.e. the church. Today we celebrate the feast of Saint Apostle, the Apostle Andrew the First called. And recently we celebrated the feast of Bishop Synthicus, who was the first bishop of Bezus, Byzantium, now Constantinople, Istanbul, who the Apostle Andrew ordained. And it's mentioned by Paul in one of his letters. So we go a long way back, and we trace our lineage all the way back to the Apostle Andrew, from me to my bishop, to his bishop, to their bishop, all the way back. Throughout that time, it hasn't been an easy time for the church. The church has been persecuted, there have been wars, there have been ruthless rulers who have tried to extinguish the church, but the church is still here. If you read about what we refer to as the Diocletian persecutions, he is always held up as one of the worst, but I read about him today, and he wasn't so bad. He had a conscience. He didn't really want to persecute the church. He did, but it wasn't his first choice. He divided the empire up into four parts, east and west, with Caesars and Augustuses to govern. So he set up this and established this way of ruling. But it was Galerius, who was one of his Caesars, who kind of pushed him towards persecution because Diocletian wanted to restore the glory of the Roman Empire. It was in decline. It was failing. So he knew to do that, he'd have to call upon the gods. But by that time, the Christians had infiltrated every aspect of society, including his generals and in the emperor's court. So it wasn't so easy to weed them out. But they wouldn't offer incense to the idols. They resisted. And Galerius pointed out that that's why the gods weren't blessing the Roman Empire. So this persecution that God initiated lasted for about 11 years before Constantinus, who was the Caesar in the West, died and appointed Constantine to be his uh, replacement as emperor. And this is where we see that the church is always protected and watched over because we know the story of Constantine going against Maxentius, crossing the Malville Bridge, and conquering Rome. And how all that took place so that the church then would be established and the Edict of Toleration was given so that we could worship freely. Well, we find ourselves in a situation today where those freedoms are threatened. We take it for granted that we can gather and that we can pray and that we can be a part of society, and it doesn't really cost us that much. Now there are threats that we should take away our 501c3 status. Well, I think the martyrs would have laughed at that. 
take it. Because they gave everything. They gave their whole life for the church. It is said by a cardinal in Chicago that in this day and age he expects to die in his sleep, but he expects his successor to die in jail and his successor to be martyred in the streets. But with that, the next successor will witness the resurrection of the church and the civilizing of society because people will realize how far we can go before we destroy ourselves. And they will see the witness of the Christians and they will see how much they love one another. Now the Christians didn't have much way, many ways to resist this persecution. They couldn't fight back. All they could do was fight back with their witness and with their courage and with confronting evil with love and truth. And in the end, that's what prevailed. But it's not an easy thing. And a lot of people during the Diocletian persecution apostatized. They gave up the, the books. They gave over the sacred vessels. They surrendered things to the authorities. But when the church was free again, a group, especially in Alexandria, wanted to punish these people, these apostates. They didn't want them to be forgiven and restored to the church. And in, in their zeal and becoming extreme, they became so mean, mean-spirited, that it divided the church. And it became a messy situation, but it was finally bishops that restored order and said, God is a God of forgiveness. But that's a warning to all of us that we have to be ready in these times to love no matter what, to be witnesses, not just when it comes to life or death, but every moment of our existence, that we will point to the truth of Christ in our actions, in our words, in our deeds, and in our thoughts. Because it's not just the last minute when we're threatened with our life, that suddenly we'll gain courage, but it's courage built up, moment by moment by moment, pointing to the truth of Christ. And we don't have to say much more than the apostles did. What did Andrew say when they asked him? He says, we found the Messiah. How do you know? Come and see. And that's the invitation we give the whole world. Come and see what God has done for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.